Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin' the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com, and today we are breaking down the GHSA Girls Basketball State Playoffs Elite Eight Matchups. We have gone through the ringer already with the Bracketology Podcast. Sweet 16 breakdown, and now we highlight the Elite Eight round. But before we do that, I want to talk about the Sandy Spill Spring Showcase, March 19th at Chesapeake High School. It is filling up quick, especially on the ladies' side, which we start at 10 a.m. So go go to sandyspill.com. Uh, find my Twitter, KyleSandy355. It's been posted everywhere. Check out the hashtag Sandy Spill Spring Showcase. Go and register. Uh, we are filling up quickly. Last year, uh, had over 10 coaches in the building, 16 girls have already signed to play at the next level from that camp. A really good competition. Look forward to hosting even more. College coaches, videographers, photographers, media, live media coverage, everything's going to be there. So a great opportunity to get some recognition, get some exposure before the travel ball season tips off. All that information, again, can be found on sandyspill.com. Registration deadline is March 17th. It is quickly approaching, so go ahead and move on that if you are interested and serious in playing at the next level. So it's time to start at the very tippy top of Class 7A, but before we do, 64 potential games we predicted last week. Out of those 64 games, 48 were correctly selected. So that's a 75% success rate. Again, it gets tougher and tougher and tougher each round. 75%. Um, not terrible, not the greatest, but 75%. We will go with that. And in Class 7A, after a perfect 16 for 16 first round, we went 6 of 8 in the Sweet 16. We'll start on the top left-hand side. We saw Norcross win 59-34 over Lambert, and now they travel. Uh, actually, they host uh, Archer, 56-53 winners at Lowndes County. Archer just able to pull out a very tight victory over Lowndes. And then Norcross, of course, rolling. Norcross with home court advantage in this game. And again, when you play Archer, you have to figure out the point zone defense, that eye defense where they don't guard two players. They put heavy ball pressure. They deny um, two other players. Then you got two people in the middle. It's a very... Um, wacky defense. You don't see it very much. Um, it can be pretty scary, pretty disruptive at times, but if you're able to understand what is going on, uh, it can be very vulnerable um, in certain spots and places. And I know Norcross is going to have a good game plan. I think Janiah Akins will be able to handle that ball pressure. Uh, and it comes down to who's going to be those second and third options. I think Tweedy Charlton has been good all season long. Uh, Kayla Lindsay has stepped up. There's some good pieces to the puzzle here. Now, I do think Archer does have one of the best rosters in Class 7A. I, I think they're going to be really tough. Um, with Tanaya McGowan has been really, really good. Obviously, Courtney Nesbitt and company, Taj Hunters, real quick. Um, just looking at my bracket originally, and you know, out of all these games that have been played, we've only gotten two wrong, and that just came in this last round. Initially, I have picked Archer to make it to the Final Four. Um, I guess I'm going to stick with that pick. But with Archer, I feel like they're going to come in as a slight underdog. But for the reason I mentioned that, I do think they're very deep as far as their talent goes. 
Um, they just have to be aware of uh, not giving up too many easy looks, and if they have to switch and play multiple defenses, which I know they will, uh, it's going to be tough, but I am going to stick with Archer to defeat Norcross and make it to the Final Four. Bottom left-hand side, we saw Buford 72-52 against Cherokee. They ran away with Ava Grace Watson with another monster game. And North Paulding 49-39, they defeated Pebblebrook. North Paulding has really been a great story all season long. All of a sudden, look at them now, 26-3, enjoying a banner season. Uh, but now they're going to Buford. Buford with that press, uh, that is going to be very, very challenging for North Paulding. I know Jada Jackson has been playing out of her mind. She's been fantastic lately, had a monster game against Pebblebrook. She's going to have to have another really big game. Her and Marina Sapola are going to have to be really, really good in the backcourt. But Buford at home with that pressure defense and taking away one side of the court, uh, jumping passing lanes. It's going to be tough for North Paulding. North Paulding, but their strength, North Paulding, is inside with all those six-footers. Uh, Ava Andrews, more of a maybe a wing, but Alex Willis, Kate McCorvey, they are big up the middle. And Buford is not, so they will have a major advantage in the paint. So Buford may be more uh, an advantage on the guards just because they have more depth there. North Paulding, obviously, the strength is in the paint. It's going to come down to if North Paulding can beat the press. I think that's obviously the top factor here. Now, if North Paulding is able to beat the press, get it to the middle, use that height to throw those, you know, not necessarily jump balls, but keep it above, catch, turn, get the ball going downhill, and then figure out what you want to do from there. North Paulding's played really, really good defense all season long. They're not very much of a explosive, high-scoring team, whereas Buford, as you saw in that last round, had 72 points. I think they scored over 80 in the first round against Duluth. I'm going with Buford here, but I do think North Paulding, if they can turn this into a half-court game and use that length and really make things tough, uh, they could have a chance, but I think the ultimate factor here is Taylor Romano, Lydia Ledford, and, of course, Ava Grace Watson. They can all shoot from the perimeter, which could somewhat negate that North Paulding length. And I do think Buford, uh, again, a, a team that has been there, done that before, North Paulding in uncharted waters. I think I'm going to go with Buford here. Top right-hand side, we saw McEachern defeat Campbell 50-47, to a game that I got incorrect. I picked Campbell to win that one. And dating back to that North Paulding-Pebblebrook game, I picked Pebblebrook. So those are my two incorrect choices throughout the entire state tournament in Class 7-8, those two games back-to-back right there. McEachern will now see Central Gwinnett 76-48 against Walton, an easy win for Central Gwinnett. Um, Central Gwinnett, again, they got some good athleticism, some veteran guards. Uh, Coco Rudolph's a very good freshman, but McEachern's been really stingy. They've played a really tough schedule. Their defense is good. Again, Jada Bates, if she's able to provide you uh, a spark on offense, she is a, a tough uh, six foot two guard to defend, but Kalise Hill, I think, is their most important player as far as scoring the ball and handling pressure. I'm going with uh, McEachern to win this game over Central Gwinnett. Uh, I just think McEachern has, uh, again, throughout the years, has kind of been there more often. Central Gwinnett, this is our best team in years. They're so really, really tough. I think they're going to be able to match up uh, fairly well with McEachern because Central Gwinnett does have uh, some length around the basket, and that could uh, help uh, when rebounding and altering shots. But I do think McEachern, I just think they're very tough defensively, and I like McEachern to win on the road. And again, 
Uh, I know the the universal coin flip doesn't come into play in this matchup per se, but this game is going to be at McEachern, and I do think that will play a factor. Bottom right-hand side, Brookwood, 65-60 over Carrollton. Carrollton gave them a great scare. Carrollton was leading for um, close to a majority of this game, and Brookwood's going to have to play a lot, a lot, a lot better if they want to beat South Forsyth, who avenged an eight-point loss in the first round last year to Peachtree Ridge. South Forsyth blows out Peachtree Ridge 54-35. Brookwood has been my initial pick. Brookwood um, has been my state title pick going into the tournament. I'm going to stick with Brookwood. Um, but they're going to have to play a lot better. Every time they play a really good team, I feel like they've been just skating by. Uh, and I know you can't blow out good teams all the time, but Carrollton, considering how Kenijah Daniel got hurt going into the season, and then you have two players that transferred in that were have been ineligible uh, this year, Carrollton had some nice pieces, obviously, in the backcourt, but they were nowhere near as strong as what was walking through those school hallways. And uh, they still gave Brookwood everything they wanted and more. Of course, Diana Collins is too good down the stretch, but... Brookwood's going to have to ramp it up. South Forsyth's not going to be afraid of Brookwood. Um, where Brookwood has an advantage, I do think, is just a Twin Towers inside with Daniel Osho and Jade Weathersby putting a lot of onus on uh, Ava McLaughlin to try and control the paint for South Forsyth. I do think Brookwood might have a little bit more depth than South, but South can really shoot the ball. Maggie Thompson is going to be key in this game as far as applying ball pressure. Uh, Claire Morse knocking down shots, of course, a region player of the year. And then Sharon Tolliver, uh, it's hard to forget about her with how good she shoots from the perimeter. And I think keep an eye on an X-Factor like Jaden nicely with how hard she plays, quick to loose balls, slashing to the basket. But I think Brookwood, again, just stacking them up player versus player versus player. Obviously, Brookwood has all the Division One talent on that side. You know, what, what's that saying? Uh, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't work hard. I think Brookwood's going to work just hard enough, and I do think they will find a way to get past a very, very tough South Forsyth team. And again, we go back to the universal coin flip. This game's at Brookwood instead of South Forsyth. And of course, I think that will help out the Broncos. On to Class 6A. Five out of these eight Sweet 16 games we got correct. One we did not get correct, Gainesville 63-61. They beat Woodstock. Everything has been going Vanessa's white way. She's pulling all the strings, losing on purpose in the region championship. Not the region championship, but in that 3-4 game has worked to a T, even though they have both been nail-biter close calls. Gainesville, the Red Elephants, roll on to the Elite Eight. But now they see Lovejoy. Lovejoy uh, really took it to veterans. 72-53, a big Big win against a very young, uh, long, athletic, uh, talented team in veterans. Uh, and Lovejoy is my pick here. Lovejoy was my pick to make it to the Final Four. I just think Lovejoy with Brianna Preston and the Nia Foster. And then they do have some some big bodies inside that can help patrol the paint and limit any of those drives from Kiki Young or any of those other guards from Gainesville. Lovejoy is my pick here. Again, Lovejoy. Just looking at what they've done all year, coming out of Region 3, they played a great schedule. They got the regular season, um, you know, one seed, they pulled that out. Obviously, it didn't end up that way, but Lovejoy was great all season long, other than, you know, a little hiccup here and there. They've only lost five games. Uh, Lovejoy uh, built for it. I like Lovejoy to take care of business and win this game. And again, Lovejoy at home. 
Uh, going to be a raucous crowd. I'm going with the Wildcats. Bottom left-hand side. Lightning struck three times. North Forsyth defeated at home after losing by three points in each of their previous two meetings. Sequoia busted open with a 13-point win. 59-46 hopped out to a really quick nine-point lead uh, to open the game. 9-0, 10-0, something like that. Hitting threes early on. And North Forsyth just not able to knock down shots. So 1-3-1 zone uh, was ineffective against Sequoia. Now Sequoia plays Brunswick 53-48 winner over Woodward Academy. Our first Region 3 team to fall. And we'll talk about, well, I guess the second one, considering Forest Park was uh, put away in the first round. But that, uh, that Region 3 uh, dream scenario of putting three teams into the Final Four it is kaput with Brunswick picking up a very big win. And, of course, they did so uh, in impressive fashion with a really close game. Brunswick is tough. Uh, they had that great size inside. And uh, they lost Jemiah West for this game. She had to go to the, the hospital, it sounds like. But hopefully she is uh, going to be okay. But for their fallen sister, and uh, that's important because that's one of Brunswick's best guards. We don't know. If she she'll be back or what, but uh, for Brunswick, she's a really really deep uh, uh, attack. Um, you got KK Pinkston had a good game with 14 points. Uh, Shania Jones had nine points. Shamaya Flanders eight points and eight rebounds. Shanae Jackson seven points and eight rebounds. So just that size inside, very effective, and was able to knock off a really good Woodward Academy team um, that just really struggled to. Uh, be able to pull out a win on the road. They shot 28% from three, 28% inside the arc, 61% from the free throw line, and they had 27 turnovers. So that's not a recipe for success. And Brunswick at home, going to be tough to beat. Now Sequoia has to go down to Brunswick. Last year, Sequoia hosted Bradwell Institute and won that game in the Elite Eight, but now they're going down to Brunswick. It's going to be very, very tough. Brunswick with that size. Now, if Brunswick is... Not a great outside shooting team. Uh, Sequoia, as would most, probably going to pack it in and force them to shoot from the outside. Sequoia's playing very well. I think Brunswick, though, it's tough. It's on the road. Uh, For Sequoia, I'm going to go with Brunswick to win this game, but it feels like, uh, you know, I pick against Sequoia and they they proved me wrong. and Ellie Blatchford is going to be the best guard in this game, I think, bar none. And that's going to be an issue for Brunswick. Um, but I'm going to go with Brunswick here. I think their size inside makes it tough enough for Sequoia to force them to shoot a lot of outside shots. But Shelby Bellinger could be very big in this game. She's a knockdown outside shooter for the Chiefs. Sailor Davies and company. Um, Callie Gaddis are going to have to be big and play big. Um, but I'm going to go with Brunswick in this one. Going to be a very fascinating game uh, to see what Sequoia does, but Brunswick is going to be my pick to make it to the Final Four. Top right-hand side, Rockdale, a 65-43 winner over Lee County, and Langston Hughes, 51-27 over Habersham Central. This game will be at Rockdale. And uh, Rockdale, of course, with Daniel Carnegie, that's going to be the whole game plan for Langston Hughes. What do you do with her? Do you let her go off and get her 40 points and take everyone else away? Do you try and slow her down and let uh, others beat you, which is quite possible with Nyla Williams? And if Leah Edwards is back healthy, 
And, of course, uh, Tremiah Berry is an outside shooter that can get really, really hot. There's weapons there. I think Langston Hughes might be deeper on the roster. Kyla Green, the region player of the year. I think Michaela Taylor could play a really big factor with her size inside. Her and Mallory Holmes, uh, two post presences about six foot two. Um, Rockdale doesn't have major size inside, so it, it, we'll see. Is, is Coach Trice going to be able to exploit that potential advantage inside? Um, and again, Langston has just a lot of really good, solid guards. Strong, good, solid guards. The only thing is they don't have an elite blue chip five-star point guard like Daniel Carnegie. Um, so we shall see. I'm going with Rockdale. Rockdale was my pick to start um, the region tournament or the state tournament, sorry. Um, but Langston is good. Savannah Robinson Holmes, they got a lot of options to choose from. Rockdale's my pick. I think Rockdale's going to have to play really, really well. But again, top to bottom, I do think Langston's a little bit deeper. Um, but I'm going to go at Rockdale. Bottom right-hand side, Marist, a 61-37 winner over Tift. And now they see River Ridge 65-47 over Blessed Trinity. And uh, let me make sure I get this phrase right because I always get it wrong. Uh, let's see, what is it? The uh, unstoppable force meets the immovable object. That is what I'm looking for between River Ridge and Maris. Maris, of course, a great stingy defense. Um, Kim Hickson gets the most out of her roster every single year, incredibly enough. So good on defense, but River Ridge is probably the best offense in the state, or at least the most well-balanced offense in the state. And River Ridge hasn't lost in the state of Georgia. They've gone out and played a national schedule. Um, this team is obviously well-coached. They're going to be starting four Division One players, and it's four Division One players with uh, different uh, dynamics. It's not only some, you know, some can shoot from the perimeter, but some can go inside. Some can create off the dribble. There's going to be a large, um, a large portion of this game, uh, a large onus of the scoring burden for Maris is going to be put on Kate Harper because when she gets the rebound, she wants to go coast to coast. Uh, she wants to get to the basket. She's not going to really try and pass it too much because she's so good at getting to the rim and finishing. Um, so that's going to be something that I'm sure River Ridge is going to talk about as far as how to slow down. And uh, Maris has been good all season long. I know they they're peaking at the right time. They played a, a their, a, you know, their their non-region schedule wasn't great. We can't we can't sugarcoat it. It wasn't great. Um, but this Maris team is very tough. And talking about this game, I feel like if you know, there's two different outcomes. If Maris wins. I think Marist is going to win the state title and they're going to um, be the favorite because you, you have a win over the best team in the state. You're probably not going to see anybody better than River Ridge the rest of the way. Now, if River Ridge wins this game, I don't think it's necessarily the same scenario. I don't think you could say, okay, stamp it, um, seal the deal. River Ridge is going to go on to win the championship. Uh, I think it will be tougher uh, for them. So if that makes any sense, if Maris wins this game, I feel like they're the favorite. If River Ridge wins this game, I feel like they've already been the favorite, but I don't think um, 
they're necessarily a foregone conclusion to win the state title like Maris would be because Maris, that would just be such a huge feat um, for them to beat River Ridge. But um, Annie-Claire Keppen has been really big all season long for Maris as far as being a three-point shooter. That's primarily her uh, her main game. And then some big girls inside, Abby Lindsay, Hannah Flacaris. But again, River Ridge, um, they have so much firepower. Um, and Again, it's just going, going to be attention to detail. If River Ridge doesn't kill themselves with silly turnovers or anything like that, and if they take Maris seriously, uh, as they should, um, I think River Ridge should win this game. Um, but Maris is going to make it tough, tight, and interesting and very uncomfortable um, for the Knights all season long, this, or all game long. This game is going to be at Marist. Um, so obviously that will uh, play somewhat of a factor, I would assume, at the boys' team. Uh, since they just got knocked out, we'll be there in full support for the girls' program. But again, Matea Gale, her quickness off the dribble is going to cause some problems. She's a playmaker as well. She's not a one-minded uh, downhill uh, score. She's going to create for others. They're going to space the floor with Sophia Pearl and Michaela Roberson shooting from the outside. Uh, and Kayla Cleveland, uh, again, can do damage inside, rebounding and scoring in the paint. She can also shoot the three, uh, a dynamic score. And I think Allie Sweet will be very key and important in this game, providing length, blocking shots, and making sure that things don't go awry on the back end. So River Ridge is my pick here. I think Maris is going to give them a very good game, going to hold uh, my breath on this pick the entire time. Um, but it really comes down to I just feel like uh, as far as dynamic scoring options go, uh, River Ridge has more to choose from, whereas Maris, it, it's really going to be Kate Harpering, and then you're going to have a, a couple quality shooters and um, some bigs inside that can clean up. But Kate's going to be the focal point as far as creating offense, and if River Ridge can um, really kind of put somewhat of a blanket on her, uh, that could give them a good shot at winning this game. So I am going with River Ridge to beat Maris in a really tough competitive game. Up next, we move on to Class 5A, six out of eight games we got correct. Top left-hand side, we saw everything kick off with uh, Calhoun, 68-63 winner over Cambridge. And now they play Arabia Mountain, got this one wrong. Arabia Mountain, a big fourth quarter, put away Jones County after I think Jones County tied it at 30 uh, in that third quarter. Arabia Mountain races away from Jones County, the four seed. Arabia's playing well, they keep... Um, they keep proving me wrong with that weak uh, schedule, and it hasn't come back to bite them yet. Uh, and now they're playing Calhoun. Calhoun's very well coached. Uh, it, again, I think Calhoun, uh, whereas Jones, Jones was kind of a well-balanced team, but they didn't have you know super elite guards. They had good quality, steady guards. Calhoun, um, Saniah Dorsey's a, a good one. Cadath is a good one. But Bertia Curtis is really, really tough. And you could probably match up Bertia Curtis with anyone that Arabia Mountain has. And I know they have some really good ones. Malaya, Malaya Jones, a two-time reigning region player of the year. Maori Pruitt, uh, a, a history record setter in DeKalb County with all her points and rebounds, assists, and steals. 500 club and pretty much everything with over 1,000 points. And then uh, Sierra Burns is a really good score. I don't know how to feel about this game. This game's going to be at Calhoun. Again, I've been harping on the Hive all season long, being a big factor. And with Calhoun, with those guards I already mentioned, and then Lauren Watson, who's just blistering from outside with her three-point shooting, I do think Calhoun has a little bit more of a balanced attack. And I, again, 
I do think Bertaya Curtis can match up pretty well with these Arabia guards again, uh, which is becoming a key phrase here. I think it's going to be a really good, close, competitive game, but I'm going with Calhoun here again, again, again. Uh, Region 7's been really strong. Arabia's playing great, but I just feel like the guard play matches up pretty well with Arabia's big three. I like Coach Eccles to win this game at home. I like Calhoun to make it to the Final Four. Bottom left-hand side, we saw Midtown 44-31 over Cartersville, and now they travel to Warner Robins 55-43 over Harris County. Warner Robins has been my pick to actually win the state title uh, at the very beginning of this Bracketology podcast, so I'm going to stick with Warner Robins here. Um, but this team is playing very well Midtown. They've been flying under the radar all season long. Um, they're doing well behind uh, Briah <laughs> Lewis has been good for them, a first-team selection. Devin Bachman was a second-team selection. And Sinclair Richmond, also a second-team uh, selection, but Warner Robbins, I'm going with that well-balanced team with uh, Jada Morgan going to South Carolina State, Tasia Aggie, um, Navaya, Navaya Mack, and uh, Kennedy Howard, a really important shot blocker and rebounder inside. Warner Robbins at home, I like Warner Robbins to win and move to the Final Four. Top right-hand side, Union Grove won 67-54 over Northside Columbus, a good, strong win for the Wolverines, beating that uh, Patriot team for the second time this season. And Maynard Jackson, 66-41 over Dalton. Too much guard play. I'm going with Union Grove in this one. Again, my initial Final Four pick. Um, Union Grove's been tough. Jordan Brooks, I like the, 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 the big girls inside. Mariah Miller and Nadia Smith are good. And they got some defensive stoppers on the perimeter. And Skylar Padden can knock down some outside shots. Maynard Jackson... It's going to come down to uh, Talia Cornish and Caden Cornish. They've been tough. And Shakira Grisham, really good big three. But I feel like Union Grove has prepared themselves for this run again with that that brutal non-region schedule and then seeing Warner Robins three times. So I'm going Union Grove. Um, they're going to be on the road. It's going to be tricky. But Union Grove to Atlanta is not It's not a two- or three-hour drive. It's not going to be that bad. So I feel like Union Grove will be able to provide some fan support there in Atlanta. And I like Union Grove to defeat Maynard Jackson. Bottom right-hand side, Bradwell Institute 66-42 over Decatur. And now they see uh, Kell, a 50-35 winner over Hiram. Really tough game here, Bradwell. Uh, It really hurts that they did not secure the one seed. Obviously, if they did, they would not be seeing Kale in the Elite Eight. But for uh, other obvious reasons, they have to travel to Kale. Bradwell was my pick to start the Bracketology podcast. I think Bradwell can provide some tough spots for Kale. Um, they really need um, some interior play to come to fruition here. Bailey Gilmer at about six. Uh, Gilmore at about six foot three, six foot four. She has to be. A defensive presence in the paint. She has to block shots. She has to alter what Kale does around the rim, especially if Crystal Henderson is run off the line and forced into hitting those tough floaters in the lane. She has to be able to alter those shots and make those uh, more difficult than usual. Paris Parham is a good shot blocker for a swingman. I think she is going to be key as far as providing versatility for Bradwell, able to score inside and out, and she's physically strong. And of course, 
Tania Bowman has to have a good game. She has the quickness to keep up with Henderson. I don't know if she's going to guard her or not, but Tania Bowman is a spark plug. She can score 15 points on you in the blink of an eye. She's got really quick hands, good in transition, and can get hot from the perimeter. Um, but Kel is tough. Obviously, it all starts with Crystal Henderson. If you keep her um, you know, within 20 points, you, you have an opportunity, but easier said than done. I think Kel needs some players to step up. Jemiah Gregory's been solid throughout the season. Jada Green, I've always been a fan of her game in the paint. And then MJ Harris um, has been uh, a third and fourth option on the perimeter for the Longhorns. I'm going to stick with Bradwell in this one. I think it's going to be tough, but Bradwell, I believe in that Region 1. Just looking at, is anyone even left from Region 1? Uh, no, they all went by the wayside except for Bradwell. But I will say Bradwell was that best team in that region the entire regular season until they slipped in the region championship game. I'm going with Bradwell. Again, if if Bailey Gilmore is able to make an impact in the paint, not necessarily having to score the ball, but defensively, if she can be a key piece around the rim, I think that bodes well for Bradwell Institute, and I am going to stick with B.I. to make it to the Final Four. We move down to Class 4A, five out of eight games, correctly selected. Top left-hand side, a game we got wrong. Northwest Whitfield, 56-54 over Westminster. Tough to win at Tunnel Hill. Um, You saw McDonald's All-American Courtney Ogden tied this game at the foul line uh, with, I don't know, 10, 12 seconds left. Instead of retreating back and setting up in half court, uh, Westminster continues to press right after the free throw and then fouls Northwest Whitfield 80 feet away from the basket. Of course, Northwest is in the bonus. Northwest, I, I think it might have been uh, might have been Kennedy Baker, the region player of the year. Uh, might have been her with the ball. Cooley steps up to the line, knocks down a pair of free throws, puts Westminster back down with about 5.8 seconds, 6 seconds left. Westminster goes length of the floor. Courtney Ogden, All-American, going to Stanford. Left uh, Layup on the left-hand side, somewhat contested. Someone was underneath her, misses that, and the career is over of one of the all-time greats. And Westminster is eliminated. Now Northwest Whitfield. uh, They will have home court advantage again. They will welcome Hardaway in this time. A 60-30 winner over Fayette County. Uh, Northwest is good. Those guards and Baker, who I mentioned, has been tough all season. And Sloan Pender as well. Those two are a sneaky good backcourt. Uh, Baker, of course, a sophomore, has a, a, a high upside that continues to get back, uh, higher and higher, bigger and bigger with her athleticism, good size at about 5'9 or so. Um, Hardaway is going to come in with a lot of length, a lot of athleticism, and some quality outside shooting. And Michaela Johnson, who can really fill it up from the perimeter, she was a co-player of the year in the region with Adija Burrell, her teammate, and then of course Akila Shelton at about six foot two is a shot blocker. Uh, this Hardaway team, that nucleus is all sophomores. I think that length is going to play a factor uh, and be able to help Hardaway win. I think Hardaway has more firepower in this game, um, but again, Northwest Whitfield with 
that great home court advantage. It's going to be tough for Hardaway. I think Hardaway's uh, more talented, um, but Northwest playing um, for their head coach there. Uh, there's a lot of reasons to want to win this game for the Bruins. I'm going to go with Hardaway because that was my pick initially. I think they find a way to squeeze it out, but I think Northwest Whitfield is going to have a chance at this one. This one's going to go down to the fourth quarter, but Hardaway is my selection. Bottom left-hand side, Chester T. 66-56 winner over Stockbridge to make history first ever trip to the Elite Eight. They will see Griffin, a 60-30 winner over Stars Mill. Stockbridge, their bus arrives late. They start the game 25 minutes late. It was a mess from the start. They're getting blown out at halftime, about 34 to 18, somewhere in that realm. They make a furious comeback, but region player of the year, Carrington Wilson, uh, was just unable to get going as uh, Riley Black, Chesty's region player of the year, dumps in 34 points, dominates getting to the basket. And uh, you have to not let that happen if you're an opposing team. Um, so Chesty, uh, a game that I picked Stockbridge to win, but I said I wouldn't be surprised if Chesty won. I'm not surprised that Chesty won. Again, I think coaching matters this time of year, and I think Sudden Shirley did a sterling job of being able to put his players in the right place. And then, of course, Caroline Bull was smoking hot from the three-point line in the first half. And she's going to have to be able to knock down threes again against Griffin. Griffin looks like they're at full strength. Samaya Puckett, who was signed to play at ETSU or at least committed just recently, she's back. Um, they're so long with that press. With Zai Thompson, Aaliyah Duranham, so athletic. Aaliyah... Um, yeah, Leah Turner, a, a, a quality outside shooter. You got two girls going to Mississippi Valley State. So you got three Division One players in that lineup. And Zai Thompson, if she's not signed yet, um, she'll probably go D1 as well. The only difference here between Griffin and Stockbridge, I'm sure there are a couple other different, but the glaring difference is the length and the size. And um, physically, just... Size-wise, Griffin has a huge advantage, and that is where they beat teams up on the offensive glass, uh, overwhelming you with their length, getting steals, blocking shots inside, and just scoring around the rim. Um, as far as maybe guard play goes, I think Chesty has better guard play than Griffin does, um, but it's it's going to be hard to take advantage of that when you're at a four or five-inch Size disadvantage, it feels like at pretty much every position on the floor. This game's going to be at Chesity. It's going to be an environment that Griffin doesn't get to see very often. Uh, uh, you know, that's going to be the only show in town in Hall County as Chesity has really cemented themselves as uh, the best program, girls basketball program in Hall County. And it's um, been going on for at least two years now, they have one of the longest streaks as far as making it into the state tournament. Um, they are the kingpin as far as what Hall County basketball is in girls. Um, but Griffin, again, I, I, I'm, Griffin is my pick. I think Griffin wins this game just because if they're able to use their length, if they know what they're doing as far as building a pack line on that back line, and walling up and forcing Riley Black into those 15-footers, which she can certainly make, and has really added that to our game. And I think that's going to have to be utilized extremely, extremely well and likely very, very often 
for her to find her points. But if they if she gets too deep and Griffin funnels her into those shot blockers of Puckett and Thompson and Durantham, it's going to be very difficult to score points. Now, we will have to see how this game is officiated. Riley Black gets to the foul line a lot, especially at home. So if, if there's a couple fouls that go against Griffin and you start chopping down those trees and you see two fouls and three fouls piling up on some of these these big girls inside for Griffin, that's going to get very, very scary for the Bears, and that's going to be an issue. And again, Griffin, using that length on the perimeter, they're going to have to close out to shooters. If Addison Boyd's able to put in three, if Caroline Bull can put in three or four, that's going to open up the floor, and you could see some more one-on-one driving opportunities for Black downhill. But again, I think I'm going with just the athleticism and size of Griffin in this one. I think it's just going to be very, very tough for Chesty, but um, they are not going to back down. I don't think Griffin is going to be um, as good, as as shell-shocking as maybe Carver Columbus was last year in the Sweet 16 when Chesty was without one of their starting point guards, and that was on the road, and that was a team that was full of athletic quick guards that press, press, press. I think Chesty, maybe they kind of use what they saw last year against Griffin, a team that is much longer not as quick at the guard position, but long story short, I think Griffin wins this game just because of their size factor and uh, their ability to pound the offensive glass. Top right-hand side, we saw Baldwin, a 62-46 winner over uh, Troop County. They will see Luella, who uh, really just train-wrecked East Forsyth by 60 points, 89-29. to Now, these two teams are familiar Baldwin played Luella twice last year. They lost to Luella in their season opener, 55-54. And then their season ender, they lost to Luella in the final four, 62-53. Um, obviously, roster is pretty much the same for Baldwin. Luella went up and out and picked up some, some size on the transfer market to try and slow down uh, Janae Walker. That's going to be a big game. Janae Walker has to be impactful in this game. Ari Dyson is really good going to Mercer for Luella. She's tough. She's rugged. And as I mentioned, um, those transfers for Luella have been key factors as far as just providing size around the rim. Um, It's going to be tough um, for this Baldwin team, but uh, Baldwin's played in a lot of big games, and that's why Kizzy Walker has scheduled so many tough opponents. The only thing is they played a lot of these teams really, really close but they've dropped in close games. Luella hasn't seen a lot of tight games, so you know, you've know you seen Baldwin play a ton of them and lose uh, a good portion of them. Luella just hasn't even been in many of those games, so I'm not sure who that favors, the team that hasn't been there or the team that has been there but has kind of struggled to pull it out against tough competition. Um, as far as just looking at teams that they have played that are uh, neutral teams, um, they both play the same team. A team you could kind of keep an eye on, if I could pull it up in time here, is Stockbridge. Um, Stockbridge, Baldwin played them once this year. Baldwin beat them 50-43, to so you're looking at seven points right there. And what did Stockbridge do against Luella in uh, three matchups this year? They lost by four points, they lost by seven points, and they lost by five points in the region championship. So, just on paper, it feels like, okay, this game should be pretty close. Um, but I think Baldwin, they're going to have to get some uh, key play from Madison Ruff, that point guard. She's going to have to be able to beat any pressure or any presses that Luella throws on them. And I think another big key in this game 
is the outside shooting. Can Baldwin shoot enough from the perimeter uh, to get some some you know three point buckets? I mean they don't they don't take they don't make a lot of threes. If their max preps is right, they made 65 threes all season long. Their best shooter, Jasmine Williams, hit 22 threes at a 26% rate. Baldwin doesn't shoot very well. Um, Luella, on the other hand, they have some some good guard play. They're pretty balanced. Milani Smith on the perimeter is a girl that really likes to score the ball, came up big in that state title game last year, even though it was a loss. Um, but looking at what Luella has done this year, they have a little bit more shooting, but really not a whole lot more. They've made 87 threes, according to their max preps. You see Cam Berry leading the team with 36 made. But again, a lot of that is going to be kind of similar as far as scoring around the rim. Uh, long story short, Luella is my pick to win this one. It's going to be at Luella. I just think they've got more bodies that they can throw out there. And, um, you know, again, the big addition of uh, Zania Justice inside, a big body from Dutchtown. You could throw her out to kind of try and get in the way of, of uh, Janae Walker and not have to worry about Ari Dyson picking up fouls against her. So it's going to be an interesting chess match. Match. I want to see what Baldwin does. You're going to need players to step up like Cassidy Neal, knock down some shots, and provide some beef in the middle, uh, averaging about 12 points per game. I think this one's going to go down to the wire, it feels like, but I do think Luella is a little bit better than Baldwin. Just a little bit more firepower to choose from. Bottom right-hand side, we saw Trinity Christian 49-42 over Westover, and now they see Holy Innocence 79-42 over Heritage. Holy Innocence is uh, really, really rolling right now. Uh, Trinity Christian, a game I got wrong just because Westover was at um, the pick I went with at the very beginning. So Trinity Christian, a, a good win for them to get over Westover. But Holy Innocence is really steamrolling teams. Uh, that big three, uh, primarily consisting of the two in the backcourt, uh, Haley Swain going to Stanford, a sophomore. And then Zina Preston is really, really good as well. And then, of course, you finish it up with Olivia Hutcherson inside. I just think that big three is the best big three in this classification. Trinity Christian um, has been playing well. Uh, but, again, they haven't really been able to secure a lot of great non-region wins. They usually play a really tough non-region schedule. But this year, uh, just a little bit off stride as, as far as what they've been able to do in the past. They don't have a, uh, a legit D1 presence that they can uh, really run their offense through. But they've been good with Julia Sosla and Madison Morge. But I do think uh, Holy Innocence is just a whole other animal right now. And I think Holy Innocence is going to be able to win this one and make it to the Final Four. Down in Class 3A after a sluggish 13 for 16 in the first round, I redeem myself 8 of 8, a perfect Sweet 16 bracket. We'll start on the top left-hand side. Wesleyan, 83-33 over Koala Creek. Way too powerful. And now they see Carver-Columbus, 94-31 winner over Morgan County. Carver-Columbus has tested themselves this year. Carver Columbus has played some really good teams. I know it was in the, the beginning of the season, um, but they did that to prepare themselves for a game like this. Now, Carver, they really just beat up teams with that press and just crushed them, but looking as far as what Carver did against some tough competition in the non-region schedule, lost to Pebblebrook by, um, by 9 points, blown out by River Ridge by 28 points, 
Forest Park defeated them by two points. They lost to Josie 88-84 in overtime. Lost by 21 to St. Francis. Um, they did have a nice four-point win over Hardaway, a four-point win over Northside Columbus, blown out by Hoover, Alabama, blown out by Buford by 20. All that to be said, uh, I think that press really crushes teams uh, in that area and in surrounding areas as well, but not against a guard like Chit-Chat Wright. I foresee her uh, just slicing up this defense, getting transition buckets, and uh, knocking down perimeter shots, her and Eva Garbadian. Uh, of course, you have more options to choose from. I think Joanna Potter is going to be a, a key factor in this game with her length around the rim. Um, she will be important. Wesleyan, of course, has more uh, players. Uh, Desiree Davis, uh, London Walker. So this this Wesleyan team is really good. And I think Carver is going to be a, an interesting game. It's going to be a, a bit of a messy game. I think Carver will be able to force... Uh, a couple turnovers, and they want to play at that high pace where they want to score 80-plus points a game. Um, and Westling can do that, and Westling can do that at not playing such a breakneck pace because they're so efficient and effective. I like Westling to win this game. It'll be interesting. I think, Carver, uh, it will be it'll be something to see, but this game is at Westling, so I think the, the friendly confines of Norcross, Georgia, are going to treat Westling well. And, again, I just don't think you can press – chit chat right I just think she's too good and she's just going to be too quick tearing up that defense and going to be able to get open looks for her shooters and her bigs inside so I like Wesley in, in this one um, but this will be a case study as far as seeing what Carver can do against elite 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 guards bottom left hand side we saw Hebron Christian 75-23 over Carver Atlanta and Mary Persons, a gritty 47-43 win over Liberty County. Hebron should win this game. Again, Hebron, um, just with everyone they brought in and so much, just so much overall talent in general. Jakira Butler still on the roster, a dominant force inside. And then um, Audrey, Aubrey Beckham has really uh, elevated her game down the stretch here, is really uh, cranking it up, playing to that four or five star level, whatever she, whatever her star next to her name is, I think she's one of the very best sophomore guards in the state of Georgia. Hebron's just going to be too strong for Mary Persons, and this game is at Hebron, so even the little glimmer of hope of playing in a tough, hostile environment, I think that goes out the window for Mary Persons, and I think Hebron wins this game, and uh, I think they win this game pretty, pretty easily, twenty plus, thirty plus points per se. Top right hand side. We saw Calvary Day, 57-49 over Peach County. Hannah Kale taking over down the stretch, and then Dawson County filling the Ford, 58-37 over Adairsville. And this is, a, this is the matchup I, I thought we would see in the Elite Eight. This game is going to be at Calvary Day, so the Calvary Crazies have an opportunity to really impact and affect this game. But Dawson County, they are very confident that they are going to fill up that crowd as well. There's going to be a lot of maroon rooting on the Tigers. Dawson is my pick. I think Dawson is a more well-balanced team. you got the forwards inside, Eva Bishop, Morgan Chester. They're going to cause a problem. Calvary Day doesn't have great size inside, so I think that can be an impact area right there. I think Kendra Coker at the guard spot, the little lefty, just how scrappy she is defensively. I think she can be a pest if she's defending a Destiny Godine or Hannah Kale. I think Kirkland Porter, this is going to be a big spot for her. She's got to make some shots. She's got to provide some offensive punch 
She's going to a manual. She's going to have to bring it. She's going to have to stretch that floor and open up some lanes and give some spacing to their bigs to work down low. Heather Burt, maybe if she gets in the game as well, could be a factor here. Um, and, of course, uh, Abby Sample-Sladen has been so good this year as far as knocking down key shots. Emma uh, Grace McCarron has been good. They're just I can list off so many players that provide – uh, production for this Dawson team. Calvary Day is going to start and stop with Hannah Kale, who's going to Georgia College. That's going to be the game plan. If you can keep her in check, um, you got to do that. Can't let her start getting hot from deep. Um, she is, you know, she wants to shoot the perimeter shot, but she can be really smooth getting downhill and can, can f- facilitate for others. I'll be interested to see what Dawson does defensively. Are they going to face guard her? Are they going to play? Are they going to play man? Are they going to play some zone? Are they going to mix it up? I'm not too sure, but again, this could be Jackie Hamilton's final game. He's won so many games at Calvary Day. has really elevated that program into being the, the best, especially the best as far as private schools go in that Savannah area. So Will Anglin, is he the Randy Orton? Is he the legend killer out here? Is he going to put a great coach um, out of coaching? I don't know. It's going to be tough. I like Dawson County to win this game, but I do think Calvary Day is going to have every opportunity and more to win this one. And again, it's not just playing for each other. It's playing for a legendary head coach. They don't want to see him leave the sidelines. So they do have a lot of reasons to win this game, but I am going to go with Dawson County. I just think they are tough. They're playing well. And again, Region 7 Compared to Region 3, Region 7's been the best of the best. And I think Region 7, with three teams in the Elite 8, I think they might have a chance to put three teams into the Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, Cross Creek in a nip-and-tuck game with Monroe. They won 53-49 with standing Monroe, who just dumped the ball in the post every single possession down. Inside, 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 pound it down low. Cross Creek found a way, Michaela Bogans and company. And now they see Lumpkin County, 66-32 LFO, a game that I was at, a game that was a blowout, a game that I did not know. Christina Collins had, I believe, torn her ACL again, the same knee that cost her her sophomore season. So she, the senior, done, missed about 12 games or so, uh, her left knee. So LFO was not at full strength. I don't think it would have mattered at all. Lumpkin County really dissected them in that third quarter, really pulled away. Avery Jones got hot, hit uh, six threes in the second and third quarter combined, finished with 24 points and 10 rebounds. Kate Jackson, 15 and 13. Mary Molnex, 14 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, three steals, two blocks. Lexi Pierce, 11 points. So the same old song and dance, the same suspects putting up huge numbers. And again, they meet. For the third straight year, Cross Creek, you know, we already know the history of what's happened between these two teams. Cross Creek, again, will be welcoming Lumpkin County. Lumpkin uh, pulled away with a big Avery Jones performance last year. I think Lumpkin's going to win this game this year. Cross Creek doesn't have that size inside. That was a defensive factor uh, as far as anchoring the defense. And Lumpkin County, they, they know Michaela Bogans, as does Cross Creek know Lumpkin, but Lumpkin... More well-rounded as far as scoring options go. Uh, I think they know now not to go under any screens against Michaela Bogans because she is going to pull up and knock down shots from the perimeter. Uh, and you got to hold your breath because there's sometimes she will go on a scoring binge and she'll score eight points in a in a minute span. And you got to live with that. Um, and she is a girl that can really take over a game, and she's got some help alongside her. Um, Brayla Harrison company are going to have to really provide Cross Creek 
with some scoring options. Um, but I do think Lumpkin County has literally been there and done that before. I don't think it's going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination, but I do think Lumpkin County finds a way past a really tough Cross Creek team and into the Final Four yet again. We have some really fun matchups in Class 2A. Seven out of eight games we nailed down in the Sweet 16 round. Top left-hand side, Murray County 61-56 in overtime over Kip Atlanta. Maddie Knuckles playing a big factor in that one along with Ella Dotson. Big win. And now Murray County plays Josie 47-40 over Dodge County. Josie using that quickness and that length to disrupt Dodge County. That was a big win, especially considering it's on the road. Now Josie uh, will be Road Warriors again. They will be going up to Murray County, and uh, it's going to be a hostile environment. Josie's my initial pick in this one. I just think Josie, with their quickness and their speed, I think they're going to be more well-balanced than what Kip was. I think Josie does have more size as far as some length, too, that can really uh, affect what they are trying to do, Murray County. Um, pressure, applying pressure will be key for Josie if they want to win this game. I think Murray County is going to ride their home court advantage and the history they have set thus far. Um, But I do think Josie is and has been a little bit better this year. And I just feel like that athleticism and speed of the game, I think that will play into Josie's favor. But if Murray is able to combat that, they will have a great shot at this one because I do think they might have the best player on the floor in Maddie Knuckles. But I'm sticking with Josie, my initial pick to make the Final Four. Bottom left-hand side, we saw... Banks County, 53-35 over North Cobb Christian. And then Central Macon, 74-53 over Laney. Had to crank up the scoring because Kiara Turner uh, dumped in over 30 points in this one. I think she finished with about 31 points. But Central, the defense, again, strong enough to win. Now, this is going to be very tough for Central going to Banks County, Homer, Georgia. That is not going to be a fun place to play. They packed that place out. Central Macon is never going to see as much blue as they are going to see on presumably, what is that, Tuesday night. That's going to be a packed house. When they turn off those lights and they put that spotlight on on that, the, the, the home crowd um, with the home team coming out during introductions, that's something. Uh, Central is going to have to have something in hand to slow down Cameron Greer. And of course, Carly Seegers inside the Twin Towers at both about six foot one. They are going to cause an issue, but where I feel like Central does have the advantage is in the backcourt with Talia Greer and Alaya Grain, the co region players of the year out of Region 2. Um, they both can score from multiple levels. Um, Greer, a tough lefty. Grain, lets it fly from the perimeters, tough downhill as well. Uh, I think Taylor Davis, Francis. Anaya Kudo are going to be big factors in this game for Central Macon with their toughness and their length and their defensive presence. I think those two will play a key role in trying to slow down Banks. But Banks, don't forget, their guards might not be at that same level as that dynamic tandem, but Addison Horde is very, very good. Addison Horde will provide some scoring on the perimeter, and they've gotten some big contributions from Reese Murphy, Riley Murphy, and Madison Adams rounds out what Banks likes to do. I'm going with Central in this one, but Banks, if they're able to establish the bigs inside and if they can kind of lock it up and try to slow down Central making, don't let uh, Greer and uh, Grain really kill them. Uh, I know Central's a very balanced offense as well, but 
they might have a chance here. But I'm going with Central. I think it's going to be tough, but I think Central pulls it out on the road. And I like the Lady Chargers to advance to the Final Four. Top right-hand side, Butler got this one wrong. Butler 42-39 over Northeast, making the four-seed advances. And now they see Landmark Christian 79-55 over Fannin County. I think Gabby Grooms had a triple-double in this one. And I think she is going to be uh, the key, the hallmark of this Landmark team as far as against Butler. I like Landmark to win this game. I know Butler's had a really good season, uh, and they just picked up a nice, gritty, tough win. But I think Landmark with Gabby Grooms, I think she's going to be the best player on the floor, and she's going to be able to do enough to win this game. And plus, this game is at home. Uh, what do they call it? The Brickyard, the Brick House. There's a lot of bricks there either way. I like Landmark to force Butler into shooting bricks, and I do like Landmark Christian to make it to the Final Four. In the bottom right-hand side, Thompson, 64-34 over Spencer. But now they see Mount Perrin, 55-22 over Model. Mount Perrin's my pick. I picked him to win the state championship heading into the state tournament. I think Jada Kendrick's going to have to have a, a huge game. But too much Jessica Fields blocking shots, scoring around the rim. Ciara Alexander, good guards in the backcourt for Mount Perrin. I think that size of Mount Perrin, again, it's just Jessica Fields is the X factor, is the best player on the floor. And I like Mount Perrin, the Eagles, to advance back to the Final Four. In Class A, Division One, six out of eight, correctly selected. Top left-hand side, Galloway, 64-35 over Darlington. Pelham, a game we got wrong, but not, you know, this isn't a huge shocker by any means. Pelham, 48-37 over Scriven County. Now, Pelham, they will make Galloway come to them. That's going to be a long trip from the Atlanta Buckhead area, so Pelham does have Home court advantage, which uh, is is exciting, very exciting for the Hornets. Uh, Soraya Chester averaging 16 points per game. Tashay Gay averaging close to 16 points per game. They like to get a lot of steals. Uh, Truth Wimberly is a, a very good facilitator, so they do have a nice big three. But uh, Galloway with all that talent, Tania Thompson, uh, Tiana Thompson, pardon me, um, Jasmine Baxter inside, Kalen Fields, Kyla Kane. Don't have to list the entire rush, but Galloway, I think they'll be able to steamroll Pelham in this one. But I do think Pelham might be able to give them a better game than Darlington. I like this Pelham team. Sneaky good, but Galloway just way too strong. Bottom left-hand side, Elbert County barely in the inferno. 77-71 over Mount Pisgah in overtime, a game in which... Elbert thought they had this one won. It felt like they were in good control. I know they missed a lot of free throws that really hurt them in this game, but they were down uh, a majority of this game uh, after a couple quarters. Um, and they were up 66-61 late, and I, I turn off the NFHS and I, I come back to it, and then it's still close or still stuck on 66. Here comes Mount Pisgah. Closer and closer, and here we go. We got a transition basket, and somehow the ball finds its way into Monet Dance's hands, and she drills a three at the buzzer to send it to overtime. But from there, Elbert County was able to secure the victory. And, uh, of course, we had a monster game from Anaya Allen. 37 points, 11 rebounds, 5 steals, 2 blocks. And Anaya Moon... 
21 points, 4 rebounds, and 11 steals. So they made it happen, that Elbert County team. And now they see Swainsboro. Swainsboro. Um, we got this one right as a new uh, new pick from last last round. They beat Temple 63-42. Now, if you remember, these two teams hooked up a season ago as they pull up the score to see what round that was and how it all played out. These two teams played in the Sweet 16 last year. Elbert County went on the road to Swainsboro and won 53-32. They blew Swainsboro out. Uh, Swainsboro has one of their key players hurt from last year, has not played this year. Now this game is going to be in the Inferno. I think Elbert County has a uh, uh, a close call, a reality check, whatever you want to call it, to get them refocused and locked back in. I think they'll be prepared for Tania Williams, a region player of the year, a forward that averages a double-double, and Soraya Kelly, the offensive player of the year in that region. But Elbert County is a different beast. Again, I think they harp on. Uh, go back to what they did last year with a, a, an easy win on the road, and now they got Swainsboro coming to Elbert County. Going to make it even that much tougher for Swainsboro. I like Elbert County to win and to refocus after a close call. Top right-hand side, Woodville Tompkins taking care of business, 67-33 over Dublin. And then Oglethorpe County, 51-50 over Raven County. This game was seemingly going to script as far as I think Oglethorpe's going to be ahead at the half, but I think Raven County is going to pull it out behind the guard play. I believe it was 24-21 at halftime, but Oglethorpe County, home court advantage, played a big factor. Raven County, uh, a couple late whistles did not go their way, and they just were unable to get past Kenzie Henderson, who had a huge game, a double-double. I think she had like 23 points and 10 rebounds. Denim Goddard, double digits. Amber Watkins, double digits. Um, But looking at this game, Against Woodville, Bree Pelote is going to play a big role in this game. I think she's going to be able to take away Kenzie Henderson or at least limit her effectiveness. you got a big three, uh, six-foot-three paint monster inside that blocks shots, rebounds, can score a little bit. I think if they're able to neutralize Henderson, that will be key. I think Oglethorpe's guards are going to be good enough to keep this game close and make it a good one, but I do think Sanaya Chisholm and Janae Hayward is really, really tough. This game's going to be at Woodville Tompkins' home court advantage, uh, and I'm going with Woodville. That was my pick to make it to the Final Four uh, for the entirety of this postseason run. I'm going with Woodville. I like this team. Bree Pelote, an X-factor in the paint, limiting the great Kenzie Henderson, who is going to start really showing up on people's recruiting boards. Um, but I do think Woodville, they do have what it takes to neutralize what Oglethorpe likes to do. And I'm going with the Wolverines to advance to their first Final Four. Bottom right-hand side, we saw Lamar County 76-62 over East Lawrence. A nice high-scoring win for Lamar County. And now I see St. Francis 90-54 to against Athens Christian. I don't know exactly how many turnovers they forced from Athens Christian, but I'm sure it was a lot with the 90-54 to high-scoring game. Athens Christian had a really good season, but St. Francis, again, just playing by, uh, you know, a different, a different animal with that, that length and that press. And I think they're going to overwhelm Lamar County in this one with their size, length, press, pressure, all that. So St. Francis over Lamar County. Even though this game is at Lamar County in Barnesville, that's a it's a foreign land to St. Francis and Alpharetta, but uh, the Knights are just going to be too big 
too powerful and just really going to hound those guards of Lamar County, even though I know they have a couple good ones. Uh, St. Francis is just going to suffocate them with that length and that pressure defense, and they're going to put a lot of points on the board. So I'm going with St. Francis to the Final Four. We finish up in Class A Division Two, five out of eight correct. Got the top left-hand side all wrong. Mount Zion Carrollton, offensive outburst, a nice 57-46 win over Macon County. And then Wilcox County, 48-46 over the one seed out of Region 1, Early County. So Mount Zion going to be at home versus Wilcox County, who has just now reached 500 at 13-13. and I got to take Mount Zion here. Obviously, Wilcox is playing great basketball. Um, picking off, well, MCA wasn't a very uh, a banner win, but a nice win at Early County. That's tough. Uh, but Mount Zion... Has been solid this year. I think Zoe Holland, if she's able to knock down some outside shots and get some help from Farley and others, I think they're in good shape. I think that's going to be a packed house. I like Mount Zion to make it to the Final Four. Bottom left-hand side, LOA, Lake Oconee Academy, 63-34 win over Schley County. Now they see Turner County, 69-42 against Telfair. This is going to be an interesting matchup. Turner County has so much length, but really it's so much athleticism. And that length and athleticism keyed by Takiya Burgess, a player of the year in Region 2. She is long. She is athletic. She wants a rebound. She wants to go downhill. She'll block shots. She'll get steals. She'll wreck all sorts of havoc. Her and Caitlin Burgess, the dynamic duo in that backcourt, they are going to be key for LOA to stop but the difference here in this game from what I I can tell uh, Turner County especially uh, Takiya Burgess that's going to be all downhill she's going to score the vast majority of her points at the rim if LOA can keep her away from the rim they have to limit live ball turnovers they cannot let Turner County get out in transition and just score fast break layups that cannot happen but, again, just checking this out, uh, Caitlin Burgess is her best three-point shooter. Hit 42 on the season so far. Takiya Burgess, 20. But this team is not a very good outside shooting team. And if LOA can force them to play on the perimeter, shoot outside shots, limit transition points, LOA should be in good shape. This game is going to be at LOA. I think that is a huge deal. That is huge, huge, huge. I don't think... Lake Oconee Academy wanted to go all the way down to Ashburn, Georgia. Um, and LOA, I think Jada Williams, she can match up with that athleticism. She's only about 5'5 five five or so, 5'4, five but she does have that great speed and quickness and can jump out of the gym. And then, of course, I like Hannah Heinen. I like Georgia Bosart. Uh, they got so many good pieces over there. Kenzie Stevens. LOA, that is my pick to win. I don't think they let Turner County turn them over. Uh, enough to where they overwhelmed them with that length in the backcourt and that overall team speed. I like LOA to win this game at home, and I think they're going to force Turner County to become jump shooters, or at least that's going to be their plan. Probably easier said than done, but LOA, a battle-tested team, and just looking at everyone else in the state tournament left, who else has played an Elite 8 7A school in North Paulding, and they only lost 42-32 in that game at the Sandy Spill Showcase. So LOA is battle-tested. Turner County's tough, but I think uh, I really do like 
the balance of the guard play from the defending state champs. So in a battle of titans, I'm going Lake Oconee Academy. Top right-hand side, Clinch County 57-41 over Montgomery County. Montgomery County only had one loss coming in, but we picked Clinch to get this win. Clinch is just a very, very deep team. They're built for it. If they don't win this year, it's going to be a tough pill to swallow for Coach Chase Daniel because he has all the pieces in place. Offensive Player of the Year and Amion Grady. You got the big girl tonight, Dorsey, inside. Uh, they they just have everything. Amara Dean has been an impact freshman. Uh, and now they see Towns County. Towns with the 66-57 win over Chattahoochee County. Uh, this game is going to be played at Clinch. It's a long drive from Hiawassee. Uh, Breland Steve King was obviously really good in that second round game. I think she's got to have to be even better in this next round. Her, Sarah Shook, and Kaylee Beaver are going to have to play out of their minds because Clinch County just has so much depth to go at you, and they can attack you from the perimeter. They can attack you in the paint. I think Clinch County wins this game. I think it's just going to be an uphill battle for Towns County. It's going to be tough for them. Just simply even matching that athleticism and the depth and then the home environment of Clinch is going to be rough. I think Amaria Dean is going to play an X-factor, a tough one to keep off the glass for Clinch County. So I'm going the Pantherettes to make it to the Final Four over a tough Towns team. Bottom right-hand side, got this one wrong. Randolph Clay, 37-30 winner over Hawkinsville. And now I see Taylor County, who pulled away from Green County, who gave him a scare, especially in the first half, 65 to 49. So we see Randolph Clay, Region 1, 2 seed, making it to the Elite 8. Randolph Clay uh, has been good this year. Defensive Player of the Year to Asia. Hardwick has been crucial for this team. Also, Shakondria Coleman was a first team selection. Desiree Smith, a first team selection in that region. And Natasha Josie, uh, a second teamer. But Taylor County has been good all season long. Julia Zachary's a beast inside. And again, I like their balance. They got a couple guards that can score the ball. And uh, this game is going to be at Taylor County, so I think that plays a big role in coming to Butler. So I like Taylor County to advance to the Final Four. And with that being said, that is your Elite Eight preview. A look at every single game across the state of Georgia. And again, March 19th, Sandy Spill Spring Showcase. Consider coming to that camp if you're interested in playing at the next level. And until next time, when we come back for the Final Four. Season's about to wrap up, folks. We've only got a couple days left, maybe two weeks left. But I will see you in the gym.